You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Take your Bibles, please. 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. Visitors, we're glad you're here. I uh, bypassed the uh, Schweitzers. I'm sorry, I did not recognize you. We're glad you're here from the fire region of Clear Lake, and we're thankful that you're safe and here uh, with us today. Continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in our state that are uh, still facing these fires, if you will. 1 Kings chapter number 3. Uh, we began a series just a week ago on the prayers of the Bible. We've looked at Daniel, Daniel's prayer, how he used that little word, O. You might remember that. Chapters 1 through 8, O King, O King, O King, O People. Chapter 9, everything changes. O God, O God, O Lord. He is so people. 37 times he talks about this little word, oh, it means overwhelmed, and oh, people, oh, king, but he says, oh, God, we have to have you. Daniel's prayer. Today is Solomon's prayer. Let's stand together, please, and I, I have my eye on the clock, so you don't have to worry about it, and uh, we'll get right with it. First Kings 3, let us begin in verse number 5, and we'll read through verse 13 together. 1 Kings 3, verse 5. Did I say 5 originally? I'm mixed up now. Chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 5 through 13. Ready? Begin. In Gideon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night.
stay standing as we bow for prayer. Father, what a wonderful joy it is to hear a choir sing today and the special music and to give our tithes and offerings. And I love the great people of the North Valley Baptist Church. I thank you for them. I thank you for our visitors that are scattered throughout the house, many locally right here. And God, I'm looking forward to get to meet them after church today. And I pray for every one of our pastors and preachers that are preaching this hour on both properties. God, give them unction is our prayer. And I pray that you would help us in these few moments together as we learn about the prayer of Solomon, such a need today, the prayer for wisdom. And we see so very little wisdom today, even with God's people. Help us to leave here determined that I want to be a wise man, a wise person. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. A young man is going to ascend to the throne as king over Israel. His name is Solomon. We read about him right here. Solomon, at this point of this writing, is somewhere between uh, perhaps 19 or 20 years of age. He's a teenager. He's following in the footsteps of his dad. His dad was King David. There was never a king like David, a man who walked after God's own heart, a man who had such fellowship with God. And he's following in that step. And Solomon knows, I need God. I need the faith of my dad. I need the God of my dad. And so he begins to address the situation and he calls himself a servant. He refers to his dad of being a servant, verse six, but verse seven, eight, and nine, do you see it there? Solomon said, verse seven, and now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant, thy servant king. He says in verse eight, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people. Verse number nine, give therefore thy servant understanding. He said, I just want to admit the fact that God, I'm here to serve you. So many begin with a desire to serve God and at the end of the journey, they're not serving God. One thing you can do in your life and in my life is be faithful to God. Now in doing so, along the way, you will be hurt, you'll be betrayed, you will be disappointed with others and with yourself. Situations will not be easy, but I can be faithful. I pray that if the Lord tarries, that one day there'll be a coffin here and I'll be in that coffin. And in Santa Clara, California, you laid me to rest. I would hope that maybe there could be one word, faithful. Faithful is our theme this year. It's to be reliable, it's to be dependable. And a servant of God should be faithful, dedicated, reliable to God. Stop trying to promote yourself. That's a good place to say amen. What's the last word in the Bible? What's the last word say? In the last chapter, in the last book, the last, the last verse, amen. That's your part. My part is to preach. You know, God wants you to be a servant. Stop trying to be the CEO of the church the CEO of the house, the CEO of the business. There's nothing wrong with saying, as a king here, I am just a servant. And if you are a CEO, you ought to be the best servant on the property. You're the CFO, you ought to be the best servant on the property. God's not looking for the, the big, the noble. God's looking for those that are meek and humble in his presence and say, I'll do whatever it takes, I'll serve mankind. Here's the king, and he said, I'm a 19-year-old kid. 
maybe just turned 20. And I just want to say, God, I want to just bring it to your attention again. I'm just a servant. I'm just a servant to you. Not only does he say he's a servant, but did you notice there? He refers to himself as a little child. Teenager, did you notice that? Verse seven, and now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father. And I am but a little child. I'm but a little child. A 19-year-old kid, a 20-year-old kid, please, would you stop trying to grow up so fast? Some of you ought to grow up. But others ought to say, I'm not, I'm not a know-it-all. I've not discovered life yet. You still need your dad to give you advice. You still need your mother to give you advice. You still need some spiritual leaders in your life that will give you direction. I'm not claiming I want veto power of your life. I don't want that. But I want to have an influence as a shepherd. I'm the shepherd, you're the sheep. May I suggest to you today that at age 19 and 20 or 25, you still need someone and it's not the internet to guide you. I'm always amazed at these young mothers in America that go to the internet to get guidance how to raise a child or go to her peer because she's a 21-year-old and she has a child and she knows what she's doing. I want to be as kind as possible. She doesn't know diddly squat. There's that Greek word again. How about going to a grandmother, a godly woman? You say, well, her kids didn't turn out right. Uh, wait to see how your kids turn out. Sometimes your kids get hijacked by a peer or a friend. Sometimes your kids get hijacked like 72,000, 72,000, 72,000 people that died last year with drug overdose. I want to say tonight, today, y'all, I want to just say, I'm just a child. I'm just a child. I've given the illustration before, I know. I was ready to go. There weren't a lot of these Bible colleges. I was ready to go to Bible college, and, and I had it all focused in my mind. I'm going to Tennessee Temple School. I said to my dad, Dad, where do you want me to go? He didn't say Tennessee Temple. Never told him. I stood at his grave his casket last year. I, I never, never even brought it up. Of course, he wouldn't hear me then anyway. But nonetheless, I did what my dad wanted because my dad had more prayer in my life at age 19. He had more love for me. He had more investment in my life than I had myself. Some of you smart Alex, I right, just slow down a little bit. I'm just a child. Just a child. He was a servant. He was a child. He was a novice. Look what he says, that verse again, seven. Now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant, number one. But I'm a little child, two. And look what he says. I know not how to go out or to come in. I'm, I'm, just, a, I'm just a novice. I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. I need some wisdom here. God said something very powerful, verse five. Ask what I shall give thee. Ask. The missing ingredient today we're gonna to find is that, that subject of wisdom. 
And, 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 and God says to Solomon, just ask, what, what do you want? Wouldn't it be something just to have a blank check like that, Brother Steve? Wouldn't it be something to have a blank check? What do you want, Steve? Uh, what do you want, Brother Miller? What, what, what do you want? And, and God says, whatever you want, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. <laughs> what do I want? I want a house paid for. What I want, give me a retirement account. What I want, a Ford Mustang. Can't believe I said that in this pulpit right here. What I, what I want, I just want some money. What I want, and we go on and on. I just want power. I want recognition. I want to be in charge. And he said, God, here's, here's what I need. I need wisdom. I wonder in this room, all of us, how many times a week we get up and one of the first prayers would be, Lord, today, give me wisdom. Wisdom is discernment. Wisdom is knowing how to deal. And I watch one of the hardest things that's standing in a church so long is to watch people make decisions with zero wisdom. I'm thinking that's about the worst decision you could ever make with your life. Why are you doing that? Young and old. Almost every day I go back in the end of the day and I review the conversations. I, I review my conversations from yesterday. I, I dealt with several people here and there throughout the day, all day long, and so many phone calls. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what gave you the idea to make that foolish decision? I mean, it doesn't take the brains of a, a, a rocket scientist to say that that is a wrong decision. God says, wisdom's a principal thing. And all they getting, get wisdom. We ought to leave out here like an army today and say the most important issue in my life today and this week, I need wisdom. Before us today is Solomon's prayer, verse 9. He uses first the word understanding, but we find in this text he'll use it. It's the word wisdom. He says, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge the people that I may be discerned. That's that word of wisdom, discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this people, uh, so great a people? Give me, give me understanding. Give me the ability to discern. Don't you see a lack of discernment in the world today? Professing themselves to be wise, wisdom. Professing themselves to be wise, Romans 1, 22. They became fools. We're banning straws now. Fools. And we're replacing straws with little caps that have more plastic than the straws. 
We're a very foolish society. They have now declared as of this week, miniature horses can now fly on flights with passengers. This is going to be great. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I've got to watch what I say so I won't get sued. 700 dogs and animals a day on flights and they're barking and they're biting. A pit bull bit some people last week. Stewardess. Defecating. We're so wise. We become fools. I love, I, I, I've never really been much of an animal guy. I had dogs growing up. <laughs> never had a cat. And then my wife's initials are C-A-T. Can you believe that? And I tell you what, I would never want to hurt an animal. But animals have more rights today than babies. Imagine opening abortion clinics, and I'm not trying to be humorous here, for animals. We could kill these these animals. But we take human life, the safest place where a person should ever find themselves in the womb of a mother. And we say, go ahead and we'll slice them up, suck them out with a vacuum cleaner. We become so, our minds are so foolish that, that we think that terrorist groups should be allowed in America. That we think people can come in here illegal, then we put them on the rolls for, for uh, financial accommodation every month. That's foolish. No other country, no other country in the world will give you money for breaking into the country. No other country! We become fools. The bill is on the governor's desk right now today. He may sign it this week. It says this pulpit will now be shackled. Cannot talk about sodomy. Sodomy is sin. It's a transgression against God. He said, what do we do, move out of here? Friend, this is a mission field. Gonna move out of Vermont? They got a transgender now as governor. God's placed us in this field to reach this area for Christ. And one reason why we're such a mess in California is we've rejected the call of God, the task of God to go into all the world and preach the gospel and to give the gospel door to door, Acts 20, 20, 20, 20. Run these buses. And all over America, she's like, how can we get out of the bus ministry? Keep the bus. Dear, dear church, great church, uh, just a few weeks ago, had to stop the choir because they said nobody wants to come to practice anymore. Churches are without pastors. 46 churches closed their doors in America today. 46 this day, 46 last week, 46 the next week. We don't need less church, we need more church. We're accommodating people. Sunday doesn't fit. Let's give you a little Saturday night ditty. 
Uh, Sunday, Sunday night doesn't fit. Let's just, let's drop Sunday school. We'll go one and done. Sunday morning, that is it. No, ladies and gentlemen, uh, God says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We find there's the need of wisdom. He said, I, I need to have this wisdom. A wise woman buildeth their house. Brothers, you cannot be the wise, you cannot be a good mother without having wisdom. A wife and a mother, we need wise women guiding the home. That's the word of God. A woman is to guide the home. She gets a direction. The husband's the head of the wife and the head of the home. He is the direction setter. But once she gets a direction, she guides that home in that direction. Dad doesn't leave and go to work and mother says, okay, now the old guy's gone. Let's do what we want to do. No, they're guiding together. He gives a direction. She's guiding that home. So well, what about equal rights? Uh, again, you are violating the word of God. I would never stoop to think that she is equal with me. Any lame-brained man would know that a lady is far superior. She's be treated like with compassion and kindness and love and respect. You want her to be my equal? A man's to cherish his wife, love his wife, protect his wife, care for his wife. That knowledge today is so archaic. No, no, we all have our rights. Yeah, because we're not following the Bible. A man must have wisdom. A child must have wisdom. My son, hear the wisdom of thy father. A wise man lays up knowledge. But I see here also it's not only the need for wisdom, but the ability to obtain that wisdom. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack, any of you lack, let him ask of that giveth to all men liberally. Throughout the day, tomorrow, as you're, if the Lord tarries in, in rearing your children or at your job or on the road, would you ask God for wisdom? Discernment. I must throw it in. It has nothing to do with it. It does have what I'm doing, preaching right now. Just, uh, I, I've seen so many mothers this week driving down the road, their head down here. One I saw yesterday, a mother with little kids in the back, and she's doing it, texting. You're gonna wind up hurting someone real soon. Like that man who probably was a good man. Someone told me about him yesterday. I didn't read the article. Probably a good man, probably a businessman. But he's texting. Because at the time, the accident, they went back to the phone and found out he was texting and he killed a police officer on the side of the road and the person that he had on the side of the road at the same time, two people, and he arrested the man who was texting. It's zero wisdom to drive a vehicle and text. And I know there's a law, but even there wasn't a law. You're, you ever get a stop sign, stop light, and they stop? And you wait and you wait and wait because the person up there is texting and all of a sudden they run through the yellow red light and you're there at the red light. You're going to drive a vehicle, you should use some wisdom. You're going to raise some family, you should use some wisdom. You're going to be a wife. A little girl stood here yesterday, a bride's dress, and a young man and the groom, wonderful, sweet kids. Oh, they're going to have to have wisdom in that marriage. 
wisdom in that home. You that are aging in this room and getting older, you're gonna have to have wisdom not to cave and not to give in and not to capitulate in the moment we live. I said, well, I'm just, I can't do anything anymore. There's a lot, there's so much that you can do for God. I'll find number three, be a gift of wisdom is beyond for what he asked. Verse 13, and I've given thee both which thou hast not asked. He says, you want wisdom? I'm gonna give you riches and honor. There shall be no king like unto thee. You know, some of the things we think we want so much, if you go God's route first, God just may give you what you're looking for. I find number four, and I'm going quickly. In chapter number 11, if you'll turn there with me quickly. In chapter 11, verse 29. Chapter 11. The Bible says of this one called Solomon, but the king loved many strange women. And the sad thing is in verse four, it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods. Solomon's, Solomon's weakness was women. Though he asked the right prayer and he asked God for wisdom and God gave him wisdom and he was a wise king and he gave, gave us the book of Proverbs. He violated what God told him not to do. God says do not accumulate as a king great wealth. But the Bible says in chapter 18 that he uh, Acquired more wealth than any man that was alive. He violated the prohibition of God. God says a king is not supposed to have a lot of horses. And you can't get those horses out of Egypt. But he violated the prohibition of God and he got him tens of thousands of horses and got them out of Egypt. And God's word says for a prohibition for a king, you cannot have multiple wives. He had 300 concubines and 700 wives. That's 1,000 women. I, I don't know what a lot of wives are, but I think a, anything after one is a lot. And he was a good man. And he was a wise man. He taught his son good things in Proverbs chapter 1 through chapter 31. He did good things, but, but, but the devil got into his life. And in this area, he did not have wisdom. May I suggest to all of us today, God can give you wisdom. You don't need me to tell you wisdom. But all of us, myself especially, all of us included, there are some areas that this is a weak area for us. Or this is an area where we could trip up right here. Would you borrow from the wisdom of another? Would you get to some of these old Titus II agent men around here? And some of these old elder, older Titus II 
chapter ladies around here? And when you gather from the wisdom of life that they've experienced, as Laban said, I have learned by experience, son-in-law, that God has blessed me because of me. Don't be a know-it-all. I, I guess, having pastored so long, I would think that there comes a point where I don't need to borrow from anyone else. I've experienced it all. But can I tell you something about life? It's just the opposite. I seek wisdom and so many times I'm thinking, I thought I knew what I was doing. Apparently, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. And for me, I had so many good men I could call. I was preaching, I'd drive through Chattanooga several times and I'd always stop. And there was a man I'd pick up, his name was Dr. Lee Robertson. And we'd go to lunch together and he pastored a large church and he was much older than I. And I'd sit down with him. I'd gain that wisdom that that white-haired man had. I found myself preaching a lot with Brother Tom Malone and we would spend hours together talking. And I gained from the great wisdom. And at Jack Hiles, And my dear friend, Brother Bobby Robertson, pastor of the same church 61 years. And Curtis Hudson helped me so much. And the list could go on and on. The man that, and I've got a whole list, I'll, for the sake of time, I'll just close it right there. But they're all passed away. And I've found in my life more than ever. I questioned the old, my own wisdom. And I said, God, I need wisdom. And I know God gives it, and I double-guessed double myself. I wish there was some of those old war horses left. Would you please help me? Would you please give me some guidance in this situation? Won't I have people? But so many that I've depended upon for almost 50 years, they're all gone. You see, you talk too much about your dad. I know I do. My dad never passed to the church. My dad had such great wisdom, but I'm making many decisions in my life through the mind of my dad, through the eyes of my dad, through the wisdom of my dad and the wisdom of a Bobby Robertson, and the wisdom of an on, Harold Seitler, and the wisdom from these men that have gone before me. A Lester Roloff. And can I tell you that every man that was my dear, close preacher friend that was much older that have died, every one of them, without exception, died with shattered dreams. Shattered dreams. I think of that song, Hold On, My Child. 
Joy comes in the morning, but that second stanza, when the things you gave your life to fell apart. You're not the first to be acquainted with sorrow and grief and pain, but the master promises sunshine after rain. Hold on, my child. And as we're holding on, use Solomon's prayer. God, I need wisdom. I need discernment. I need to know, is it this way or this way? And when you don't have that wisdom, stand still and wait. Not till, I find in life, opportunities open up all the time. Just because God opens up or allows or something opens up an opportunity doesn't mean it's wisdom to take it. Every person in this room needs Solomon's prayer. God, give me wisdom. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.